1: Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. A
0: very special guest joins us on this edition of the program, the senior pastor of a ministry that's had an impact in the greater San Francisco Bay Area for well over a generation, in fact, arguably almost two complete generations. Founded in the San Francisco Bay Area in 1965, joining me is the senior pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland, Pastor Javier Ramos. Pastor Ramos, a delight to spend some time with you today.
2: Great to be with you, Craig.
0: Let's, let's start uh, right out the gate, because undoubtedly many of our listeners have heard through the grapevine or perhaps read of the recent loss of Pastor David Kitely, who, of course, along with, um, with his mother, Violet, helped start this church um, as immigrants to the Bay Area from Canada, as I recall, clear back in 1965 and Perfect. he certainly has left a, a major imprint not only on the church on the Bay Area, but of course on your life too. So I just wanted to start our conversation today by acknowledging the loss as well as celebrating with you the the tremendous homecoming um, as uh, David is going on to be with the Lord.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. Pastor David was truly, as we shared earlier, the real deal. He was one of a kind. um, And Shiloh Church was so honored to have a man, a founder of such integrity, wisdom, the anointing, to not just serve the body of Christ, but the city, our city, Oakland, and the Bay Area and world. And he's going to be missed by his family, myself, my wife, Kids, his wife, Marilyn Kitely, the whole family and people around the world, he, he made a huge impact. One of the things I shared at his burial that uh, uh, the Lord just brought to me as I was staring at the oak trees at Mountain View Cemetery was that's really when you know a man's impact is when that tree is uprooted and you see the drip line and the effect that drip line had. And uh, I believe we're going to continue to see fruit that remains. We're going to carry on his legacy of just being a place that's multicultural, all races being reconciled, loving God. We're going to love people real well, and we're going to serve whoever needs to be served with the love of Jesus. So it is, it's an honor to just take that baton and run the race and press towards the mark of the high calling. And we're going to We're going to do him proud we're going to do him proud
0: and what a joy to sort of carry that torch of that legacy on a foundation at shiloh that has been built up as we say well over 55 56 years now and one of the interesting things about shiloh and 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 i'm sure many bay area folks are aware of this but newcomers perhaps not so is the fact that when david and his mother violet started the church in oakland in 1965 I think arguably it was one of the, if not the first, quote unquote, diversified or integrated churches in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, today in 2021, a lot of churches are waking up to this idea, oh, we need to kind of reflect our community. We need to make efforts towards being open and inclusive and making sure that church on Sunday looks more like not just the Bay Area demographics, but the demographics of heaven, quite frankly. Right. But quite interestingly, this notion of inclusion, diversity, and reflecting not just, as I say, the Bay Area, but reflecting what heaven will look like has been the hallmark of this ministry since the very get-go. In 1965, this is not just something that you did. I mean, it was completely unheard of.
2: That's right. And not only that, just a Bible study that started in the midst of the civil rights movement. Here's this short Irish white woman from Canada starting a Bible study in an African-American lady's house, Mrs. Porter's home. And from there... They asked her to start a church, and Pastor Violet didn't want to do a church. She had done church, and as a woman, it was just difficult. She had felt that heat, and that's how Shiloh was birthed. And it's always been an intentional action of including all people from every walk of life, of every background, and all nations. And you'll see it in the doorway as you walk in from our back parking lot, all nations gathering to Jesus that's always been our heart and to this day that is Shiloh. We have over 50 nations represented there, 24 African nations alone and and not only there, I think the amazing story of Shilohs here's this little Oakland Church, right? I always think of Jesus when they said what good thing could come as a Nazareth, especially with all that's going on in Oakland right now. That was I heard the Lord say that what good thing can come out of Oakland. I believe there's a revival coming out of Oakland. and out of Shiloh, we are literally touching the nation. So we've got Bible College in, in uh, Ethiopia. We've got a Shiloh in the Philippines. We've got ministry now that's in China. now we have two, three generations of missionaries that are actually going into the Middle East right now. As we speak, they are in the Middle East. Um, spreading the gospel. And it's all because of the faith of this one woman, this one man who said, yes, Lord, we will serve all people as you want us to. And we've seen a city changed. And I believe we're in a mode right now to see our city changed. We need peace. We need the shalom for our city, for Oakland. Right now, we were just praying that this morning, my wife and I, over our city Uh, We need the peace of God, and that only comes when we display the love of Jesus Christ.
0: And, you know, the irony is, as often as the case, when there are spikes in violence, we've seen some pretty significant tragedies in Oakland, a Mm -hmm. high homicide rate during this year. Uh, the tragic death of a barely two-year-old boy on the freeway just innocently traveling with his family and the victim of uh, a stray bullet in in what may apparently turn out to be some gang warfare related nonsense on the 880 freeway. And we see this and then there's typically a call, we need to do something, we need to call a commission together, we need to have a meeting at City Hall. And, and, And while all of that may be components of the answer. You and I know that at the core, the real answer here for any community, not just Oakland, San Francisco, it could be Timbuktu. The real answer, when you see this kind of conflict going on, really comes to the the, the necessity for a change of heart, doesn't it? Meaning these individuals that are lashing out and acting this way are doing so because there's something absent in their life. That's right. And our only hope is Jesus. It's not politics. It's
2: not a political party. I always say Shiloh's purple. We got a little red there. We got a little blue there. We've got some elephants there. We've got some donkeys there. But it really is Jesus. The Bible tells us that it's only the Holy Spirit that can change the heart of men. And it's really only him. I mean, I was born and raised in Oakland. I was not a Christian all my life. Um, It was actually the love of our founder, Violet Kitely, that changed my heart. She touched me one day and blessed me, I found out later, and it ruined me for the world. But as we as believers go and touch our community and bless them, not judge them, not condemn them, not point the fingers, but if we orient them to Jesus, not to a political party, not to a way of life but if we orient them to Jesus, he will do the miracle. We forget, I think, that salvation is not just a prayer. It's a supernatural work. The Bible says we become a new creation, and we need to believe, and we need to push the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You know, I just returned from Ethiopia, and I had them share with me. They said, you know, Javier, You guys are preaching something over there we don't understand. And we were sharing with the team there and that that in America, we're sharing a gospel that would not be effective in other nations. And if it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if it's a Canadian woman sharing it in an African-American lady's home. It doesn't matter if it's a Hispanic man in the sticks of Ethiopia or out in the underground church in China. If it's the gospel, it relates to all men, to all women. It should draw them to Jesus. They should encounter unconditional love, Not, not rules, not regulations. But as we know, Jesus always met people where they were at. And that's our job as a church. Meet people where they're at. Don't let them come to us. Don't wait till they come to you. Meet them where they're at, and you will have a woman at
0: the well experience and see cities coming to Jesus. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Pastor Ramos, because that, that sense of that none should perish and uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the time-celebrated passage from John 3.16 that some people, I think, kind of gloss over because they've heard, you know, for God so loved the world. But we forget the world is, and, and for God so loved, I mean, that that's really integral to the message conveyed in that brief passage of Scripture, in that this message of hope, this message of reconciliation, this message of healing, is the same message for all time, for all mankind. And if we say for some reason, well we took the gospel to this country or that community and it didn't seem to resonate, then maybe we need to check ourselves and our theology at the door because the, the pure unadulterated preaching of the message of salvation and reconciliation is one that resonates with all because God set this up so that none should perish, but all should experience everlasting life. And and that's the exciting thing about the work that God is doing in and through the ministry of Shiloh. Pastor, take a moment as our time winds down and just share a bit about life at Shiloh Church. Folks perhaps looking for a new church home. They've been intrigued by not only the history, but what you've shared, the dynamic things that God is doing at and through Shiloh of Oakland. Tell us a bit more. Sure. Shiloh, we have uh, actually on Sundays, we just changed things around because of COVID.
2: We have an eight Spanish service. And then we have a 1030 English service. And then on Wednesdays, we have a 7 p.m. English service as well, a midweek service and a Sunday service. We do life groups. We have what we call pathways, which is um, it's a Bible college in camouflage because Bible college seems to scare people. But through our pathway, during the height of COVID, we had 450, the most students ever enrolled at one time, 450 students on Zoom, like we're on Zoom right now. And it was just amazing. And so God has really opened up the opportunity. So we invite people. Maybe you don't feel comfortable leaving your home. We're online. We want to know you're there. We're going to help disciple you. Our oil of joy, our 55 and olders, they still meet online and on Zoom. They've grown. Our um, 55 and older Sunday school class has grown. They said they'll have sometimes 110 people in, in, in Sunday school. So we just, we've, we've kind of outgrown our rooms. And so um, that's Shiloh. We believe in family. We believe in connecting people. We believe in helping people serve. You know, we have an amazing mercy ministry Uh, during pandemic. We gave out over 1.3 million pounds of food, over 30,000 prepared meals, Um, And actually, I was just told by my team last week, this year, we'll end up giving out more than that. Um, Alameda County Food Bank called us the number one pantry in all of Alameda County Food Bank, which blows my mind because I don't think we do such of a great job at it. But it's just the opportunities God has given us. And I'm proud of the people of Shiloh. They've served, they've stepped up, they want to bless our community, and we want to see our city change for Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a church, um, we welcome you, all are welcome, believer or not, all are welcome. Whatever lifestyle, all are welcome. Our heart is to orient you to Jesus, and we know the minute you touch Jesus, he you one touch is what Pastor David always said, one touch, and your life will never be the same. And I'm a testimony of that.
0: I'm a testimony of that. Well, Pastor Ramos, we appreciate so much you sharing not only a bit of a glimpse into the ministry of Shiloh Church, but as well your life and, and what God is doing there in Oakland. And I want to encourage listeners to get more information. Shiloh Fellowship, of course, located at 3295 School Street in the city of Oakland. Information available online at shilohonline.com. That's Shiloh Online. Dot com. Pastor Javier Ramos, thanks again for spending some time with us.
2: Thank you, Craig. I've really enjoyed hanging out with you as well. It's just so good to have you in the house today, and as Pastor Melinda shared, we're starting a new series, and this You Asked For It series was actually a result of the survey we sent out. We sent out a survey just wanting to hear from you, and it helps us know how to minister just to where people are at, and it was interesting because one of the top topics you asked for was stress and burnout, and so we're going to talk about that today. Tell your neighbor, rest, don't stress. No, no, tell somebody you don't know, rest, don't stress. We live, we live in a world that's maxed out, burned out, stressed out. It's constantly going. Culture is just constantly pressing. It's constantly po- pushing. And God did not design us to live stressed out. God designed us, I believe, to live in peace, to have to know his rest. Even when all of the worlds around us is going crazy, there has to be something different about us as the people of God. And most people are actually living burnt out, stressed out. Actually, they say 75% of people in America in America are so stressed that it's impacting them Physically and emotionally, where they're literally physically affected. Maybe some of you, you might even go to bed with a mouth guard on because you grind your teeth at night. That's stress. There's people who take pills because of stress, um, anxiety pills, depression pills, um, people who suffer from panic attacks. And I believe God wants to do something amazing today. I believe God wants to do a miracle work in your life today. And God wants to do something bigger. We're stressed out about everything. And it's interesting because we're all stressed out about the same things. We're stressed out about our time. We're stressed out about our money. We're stressed out about our work. We're stressed out about our relationship. But what I love about God's word is it gives us the solution for all of these things. Every single one of those, God has a response. God has a way of living. And I was just thinking about it. The songs we were singing, I exalt you, I trust you, you make a way, God. Do, we sing it, we proclaim it, but the question is, do we live it? Do we apply it? Do we believe it? Not just sing about it on Sunday, but every day live in a way where we're putting God first. And it's interesting, all through the Bible, you see there's gonna be mountaintop experiences, but there's also gonna be valley experiences. You're gonna have highs, and there's gonna be lows. You're gonna have successes, and there's gonna be stresses. And in all of it, God has a solution for each and every one of us. God talks about this, and it's interesting. If you've ever read the book of Uh, Luke chapter 21, it's a great book. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read a part of it. But in Luke 21, it's a great book when talking about the end times. It's Jesus talking about the end times. And what the end times are, because you'll see the disciples talk about it. They talk about it after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension into heaven. Basically, the end times are that time between Jesus' ascension and his return. So we right now are living in end times. So let's open up our Bibles to Luke 21, or you can look at the Bible in the sky here. And look what it says, but watch yourselves. Tell your neighbor, check yourself. No, 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 you got to say like, you know, check yourself. Check, you got to move your hips with it. Check yourself. Check yourself Look what it says, least your hearts be weighed down, I want you to hear this, with dissipation and drunkenness. What he's saying is you need to guard yourself from the things that we use to medicate ourselves when we're stressed out and burnt out. That might be drugs, that might be porn, that might be sex outside of marriage, That actually even sex within marriage. If you're just doing that as a stress reliever in your marriage, that's not right. And, 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 and it might be pills, it might be Netflix binging, it might be eating. But, but he, there's, he's saying be careful of what you're doing. Watch out, check yourself to see if you're medicating yourself with the things that this world has to offer when the cares of life come. Because look what he goes on to say. So check yourself with the dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. I believe there's some people in this room watching online that came to church today heavy, with hearts weighed down. Now, God is saying, I love it, because Jesus is saying, there's going to be stressors around you, but we can't let those stressors in you. And I believe the word today is not just a word, but it's a wake-up call to the church. I believe this whole thing has gone on as long as it has, because God's saying, wake up. Grab somebody next to you that you don't know and shake them. And say, wake up. Wake up. God wants to wake his church up. He's saying those relational stresses, those financial stresses, those work-related stresses, they're impacting you spiritually. They're impacting you physically. They're affecting your well-being. And I believe the Lord's saying it's time to deal with it. It's time to face it. Otherwise, your futures, the future of your relationships, the future of your finances, the futures of, your, of, of everything around you is going to be re, um, affected. And we need to live as the people of God. He's called us to live in our workplaces, in our communities, in our business. He's called us to live at work, in, our work, in our schools, in our high school colleges, wherever we're at, He's called us to be in those places so we can be a light and there can be something different about us. The way we live and deal with the issues of life should be different. We can't commingle God's way and the world's way. Let me tell you a secret. It don't work. Those are the most frustrated Christians, the ones that pray about it, read, apply it, sing about it, memorize it, quote it, put it in their pocket, app it, Facebook it, Snapchat it, talk about it, but don't apply it. Those are the grumpiest Christians. And we blame the world around us. And yeah, we could say it's the world, but it's, we've allowed it in and allowed it to settle into our heart. And I believe God has a, not just a message for you today, but I believe this is a divine moment where you could walk out of this place different. Bible says trials come so that we grow in character. We grow in the Lord. And God will allow them. And instead of buttoning up again and living frustrated, God's saying, stop looking at that and look to me where your help comes from. So we don't live stressed. How many of you have ever come to a place where you've readjusted something in your life the way God finally said, and it took you months, years, maybe like just now? And you're like, why didn't I do that sooner? You wore yourself out. And God's saying, I don't want that. My people are to live in victory. It says, and suddenly in that same hour, the finger of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite to the lampstand on the plaster of the wall in the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote, and then the king's countenance changed. And his, I mean, if somebody played this into a movie, I think this would be rated R, be scary. You just see this hand writing on the wall. And his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees began to knock together. The way some of you guys were dancing Friday night. And he was terrified. And the king cried aloud Look what happened. And this happens to us. We, God, the handwriting's on the wall. We have a suddenly moment. We realize we're facing a challenge. We need victory over. And instead of going to God, look, he goes to the world's response. And this is what he says. Bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. You gotta quit calling that psychic hotline. That's the devil. Quit reading your horoscope. Quit asking your pastor what my sign is. My sign is a cross, and it's Jesus Christ. My sign's an empty tomb. My sign is the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Quit reading that junk. I ain't no Gemini, Scorpion, Libra. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a chosen people. I'm a royal nation. I am Javier Ramos, son of God. Test my blood. You'll see Jesus' blood there. Quit looking at that stuff. Quit looking to the world for the solution. Quit going there. Quit quit going to the back. Do they even have newspapers? The back of the horoscope. That's not where your answer comes from. It comes from the Lord. And so he ran to the way of the world. And that's what we do. You get into a financial stress and you say, I got to quit going to church. I need to work more. That's wrong. Oh, I got financial issues. I got got to divorce my wife and find me another one. Well, you watch what's about to start happening in your life, brother. You're going to be broke as the broke is broke. And we run to the ways of the world and said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I go to him for his wisdom, his way, his direction. Gold, astrologers, Chaldeans, uh, uh, soothsayers, they are not an answer. They may appease you for a time, but they'll never provide you what God only has, the one that truly has what you need. You need some truth in your life. So what did they say? They started trying to come up, and they said, go get the man or woman of God. They said, go get Daniel. My question is, when there's issues around you, Do they say, Coming, go get him and her, you? Or do they look around you? See, God's got you where you got you so that you could be the Daniel to your workplace. You could be the Daniel to your city. You could be the Daniel to your community. You've got what the world needs. That's Jesus. I'll tell you what, after what Pastor David went through, my mom's been going through some health issues. Let me tell you, our days are numbered. What I've learned, I've done, I've done a lot of funerals. And I wish I could tell you, everybody's funeral I do is 100 years old. But that's not the case. Our nine is numbered, and I believe God wants us to live with that understanding so that we make the most of every moment. We all get 1,440 minutes every day. He said, Your, our days are numbers. Don't squander what I've given you. Use it wisely. Do the right thing at the right time. Look what it goes on to say, and then tickle. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Let me tell you, our lives can get out of balance. We live, every day you have the choice to live a balanced or an unbalanced life. When you're sitting in the drive-thru at McDonald's and you hear the Holy Spirit saying, back up, pull out, peel out, get out of here, and you say, no, that's a balanced moment. When you're about to click that, uh, agree, only people 18 and older are allowed onto this site. That's a balanced moment. When you're about to take a hit, that's a balanced moment. And, and the Bible says, and he, he, he had this life and it was found wanting. And that's why we live with this, I need more, you're not fulfilled. Because you're out of balance and you're not fulfilled. Go to bed every night feeling God, guilty. God doesn't want that for you. Then look what it says, Paris. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. What he's saying is when we misuse our time, our kingdom will always be divided. Whatever your kingdom is, that might be your family life, your married life, your career life. When we're living out of balance, not making the most of our days, we're living unbalanced life. And that unbalanced, that divided kingdom, listen to me, it's always going to cost us something. And I just want to say, I believe there's some people here that are oppressed. That, that you've, you've given the enemy maybe not just a foothold, but even a stronghold in your life. You've given them access because of stresses and challenges and issues. And I believe God wants to set you free of those things today. Today. This isn't a message. This, isn't that, this is a moment that God's saying, this is your day of deliverance." This is the day to change. This is, the handwriting is on the wall. So what we see in this story is one, we need to guard our time. We need to lay out our schedule and look at it and say, where are my values? What's important to us? Bible says that, look what Job says. Job 9.20 says, my days are swifter than a runner. They fly away with, look, without a glimpse of joy and a lot of people are living this way no joy because they've got so much going on on their schedules in their lives that they cannot keep up let me tell you there's a such thing as too much of a good thing Too many opportunities, too many business opportunities, too many work opportunities, too many overtime opportunities. You gotta be careful because the enemy would love to run you ragged. And you're chasing every opportunity and you are stressed. You are exhausted. That's why we need to go to the Lord and say, God, what would you have me do? When I became the pastor of this church, I remember I, we heard the Lord clearly say, your focus is on this body and missions. And guess what started coming in? Invitations. And everybody, staff, they were sending them to staff. They were sending them to my wife. Oh, this is a great opportunity. You could view this as missions. That's a lie of the devil. That's the devil trying to run me ragged. And you know what my answer was? No. We've had that. Oh, you'll be on the news. You'll be on this show. You'll do this. No, that's not what God's called me to. And we, and we live exhausted because we jump onto every opportunity. We need to take our lives to the Lord and say, I want to do what you've called me to. I need your wisdom. I need your direction, Father. Lord, I want your moderation. Father God, I need your balance in my life. I've been to some people's homes. They got so many opportunities. They got Amway here. They got Melaleuca here. They got every multi-level marketing opportunity crowding their whole house. Ooh, some of you mad at me right now. Give it away. Christmas is coming. Give it away. You need to run to Jesus and ask him for his wisdom. My Bible says that the, good, that the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in their ways when they're ordered by him. Why we can trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We don't need to lean on our own understanding. And when we acknowledge Him, He, in all our ways, when we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He will direct our paths. Oh God, I don't hear you. Yeah, because you're just coming to me in your prison moment. You're not coming to me in every moment, so I can't lead you. You want a fire alarm, God? He wants to be God of it all. You want a three-alarm fire, God. But he's saying, no, I want to be God of it all, of every moment. I want to bring, listen to me, I hear the Lord saying this, and I believe this is a word of the Lord for somebody here. God wants to bring some balance to your life. Been looking for love, finances, relationships, work in all the wrong place. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for hope in all the wrong places. Looking for deliverance in all the wrong places. Looking for answers in all the wrong places. You need to look to Jesus. That's where you need to go. Some of our lives are like those country westerns. Sad. God wants to play that thing backwards so you start getting it all back. Sanity back. Peace back. Rest back. Amen. Hope back into your life. We have love, we have all this stress because of all the demands of our lives, and we feel burnt out. We need to turn our hearts to Jesus. My, my Bible says, "When my heart's overwhelmed, what should we do? I go to the rock, I go to the rock. I go to the rock that is higher than I. We were just singing a song about an anchor. We need him to be our anchor. An anchor's no good unless that anchor's rock is anchored to a rock, and our anchor needs to be in the rock of Jesus, his word, period. That's your hope. Another $5 an hour is not your hope. It's not the solution. And I just want to applaud you today because today's the first day of the week. Today you came and you gave this time to the Lord. But I'm going to challenge you, don't just give him this time, give him the whole day. Give them the whole day after church. Go spend 30 minutes and refocus and reflect. God, how did I spend last week? I want this week to count for even better for you. I want my day to be ordered by you. Father, I give it. That's why Shiloh changed their schedule so that we could build relationships, so that we can make more time for the things that matter. Because the Sabbath is not just an hour and a half at church. The Sabbath is a whole day. Given this day to the Lord. To Lord, what are you saying? What do you want me to rearrange in my life? What do you want me to do? Lord, I want to refocus on you, on what matters. I need some relationships. Come on, tell your neighbor refocus. Realign. See, when you refocus is when you discover who you are. Some of us, and, and I've got this illustration that'll go up behind me, It you you. you you've got all these things going on, but you're making no impact. You got all kinds of stuff going on. You're going this way, that way, every which way. And you look busy or you look like the coronavirus, whichever one. When I made it, my daughter said, that looks like the Corona, (laughs) but you're not, you're not going out as far. God talks about nations as an inheritance. He talks about making a difference, not just in your own family, but around the world. And we live this way. And something happens when we give our lives to the Lord. And, and if you see this next slide, you'll see that that arrow is the sum of all of these arrows. And there was not enough page. When you do it God's way, you have off the page, off the chart living. Supernatural lives that impact, change futures, change the very trajectory of your life and you don't look like the coronavirus. That's how effective God wants you to be. He wants you to live off the charts, supernaturally. So we need to not only guard our time, we need to value our relationships. Tell your neighbor, we're stronger together. We're better together. You know what I've been enjoying since we changed the service time? I don't know if you see me. Some of you look spooked because you come into to church a little late and I'm standing in the hallway. I love that. I get to meet and look at you in your eyeballs. I don't get to see your faces yet, but I do get to see your eyeballs. And I've been proud of myself because I've seen your eyeballs and foreheads and I know who you are. That's family. When you know somebody by just their eyeballs and forehead, you know you know them. We're going to get to know each other real well. But we're better together. Bible says one of us can put a thousand to flight, two of us can send legions fleeing. We need to take a a look, stock of our relationship because they may, may they matter and we need to make the most of them. So build relationships. That's what this is all about. That's creating time for relationship. Do some things with your family. Today, for the very first time, why daughter's been wanting me to go to this thing called the antique vintage flea market, whatever, in Alameda. It's where they said like sell what I think is like dead people's stuff at this market. Now, am I gonna I'm gonna be do I like going to these things? No. It's just weird to me buying dead people's stuff. That's just me. I hope I didn't offend you. My, my daughter loves this stuff. And she's gone. People from the church have taken her. Other friends have taken her. And I've never been able to take her because on Sundays I'm swamp busy to the whole time. So today after church, I even brought some shorts. They didn't even let me. I thought, well, let's go home and change. Then we'll go. No, no, no. You're going to change at the church. We're going straight there. And my daughter said, bring cash, dad. They only accept cash. I ain't buying nothing, but she, I'll probably buy some dead person's thing for her. But I get to go hang out with my girls today. And I'm actually saying it out loud, so maybe I'll see some of you there. And we get to see each other together somewhere else. Maybe you'll see me and you'll give me like a gift card, not like a used one you found there. I want a vintage gift card. Some coffee or something. You think they have coffee there at least or something or... Is it used coffee? What does that work? <laughs> but we need a fellowship together. We need life groups. You know, Carol Kidd's been telling me about her hiking life group. Pastor, her off here. When you gonna come on a hiking life group? I said, well, you know, I can. I gotta preach. You guys go hiking while I'm preaching. No, I'm gonna get to go sometime. This is a time for, relate. you need relationship, Team Shiloh. This isn't, your team, on. if you're on Team Shiloh, shouldn't just be people you work with. That should be your family. That should be who you get together with. That should be who you go to, that's who you go to battle for. That's who you stand up with. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and, dis- and defeated or get burnt out but two can stand back to back and conquered. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Make relationships a priority. Also, not only do you need to value relationship and guard your time, you need to walk in your purpose. We serve a purposeful God who created you on purpose. He made you during this time on purpose. Not to live a stressed out life, but to live an overcoming life. To live a billboard life, an off the chart life that people see your life and say, I want the life you got. I need what you have in my life. What anxiety medicine are you on? I'm on Jesus. What are you shooting up at night? I'm shooting up the Holy Spirit. What are you staring at all night long? I'm looking at the word of God and it's changing my steps. It's a light unto my path. We need, we need to walk on purpose. Each, each person here, I want you to look around. We all have a unique Destiny. We all have a calling. We have a unique gift to live intentionally for God. I was thinking about the Magpots. September 23rd, they adopted Judah. Amen. And they've had a stressed, tough time wanting to have a baby, but God had something bigger. God blessed them with his baby boy, Judah Ryan Magpot. We were on the side of the road watching the adoption I was with the judge on there, and my wife's crying. I'm like, don't cry in my car. People won't think I'm beating you. See, big Mexican, ugly Mexican dude with this blonde girl. She's balling, Her makeup's going down. I'm like, come on. Get me arrested. We were like in the white middle of, uh, excuse the language, Whiteville, USA, too. And I was like, come on. You're going to get me in trouble here. But we were celebrating, look, and we, you know, they had other plans, but God said, I got you a unique plan for you. I mean, it's not by, by accident here. You got the worship leaders of the house. We talk about the spirit of God, how he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. And here you have people saying, this is what it looks like when you get become part of the family, you're grafted in. They, they get, they get a new birth certificate. We're different. Tell your neighbor, you're different. You're peculiar. You're unique. You need to walk in your purpose. Let me tell you, a life of happiness, of fulfillment comes only when you're not, when you're, when, not when you're doing what others want you to do, but when you're doing what God created you to do. Let me tell you, God wants you to live every day fulfilled and satisfied. Acts 20, 24 says, my my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. God may has a specific assignment for you. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let me tell you, you need to know that assignment. It matters. You matter. Your eternity and eternity matters. Your assignment is more than just today. Your assignment changes eternities. Your assignment is huge. Your assignment is more than you could ask, think, or imagine. You can't even dream for yourself what God has assigned for you. Matthew thirteen forty four says again again the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it goes and he listen listen he sells it all that he has and buys the field if you understood the assignment and how much eternity mattered you would bank it all on Jesus you bank it all you put it all towards him. You'd orient your whole life towards Jesus. If you're a young person in here, if you could get this now, if you can get this now, God has an assignment for you in this season. Don't try to live tomorrow, the future season today. That will come. Listen to me, young people, 1920s, even 30s. Listen to me. Don't try to overcomplicate your life now with the future you want. You'll get there. Live your now. It's funny now, you know, life will complicate itself. God will bless you, you'll get blessed now. It's funny, I told Melinda, my life's so complicated, how do I uncomplicate it? All those things I thought I wanted, all of a sudden, now they're back burner. It's like, how do I get rid of this stuff? I need, I need simple. I actually pay money now to help me figure out how to simplify my life. You know what happens when you live like this? You're exhausted. You're exhausted. When you live like this, you're exhausted. And you've got no room for more. In my family, and probably if you're a leader around here, you've heard me use this word all the time. Let's create some margin in our lives. God wants us to have margin. We live up to the line in everything. Our credit cards are to the line. Our banking balances are to the line. Come on, our time is to the line. Our debt's to the line. Our waistlines are to the line. Our scales are to the line. And that is unhealthy. All of it. We need some margin in our lives. In the world, they say 100 bucks is good, 200 bucks are better, right? One Krispy Kreme donut's good, two are better. A McDonald's meal is good, but a supersized one's even better. One wife's good, two's better. No, it's not. We all know that's all a lie of the devil. All it will do is kill you, drive you bonkers and cause stress in your life. We live like this. Come on, do what Disney says. Let it go. Look what Ecclesiastes 4.6 says. Look, better a handful. Better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and gasping at the wind. This is how some of us are living every day. You get home, you go to bed, and you're like, what was that all for? Gasping, striking, swinging at the wind and hitting everything. Living like this. God wants us to live one handful living. I believe with my whole heart you can leave this place changed. But today, you need to receive God's peace. The Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who keeps us in perfect peace. It's when our eyes, our mind are on him first. Isaiah 9, 6. We all know this. We read it every Christmas. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Look what it says. I want you to hear. He's got everything we need. And the government will be upon his shoulders. So you don't need to worry about the government. You don't need to worry about donkeys and elephants. Blues or reds. The government is on his shoulder and his name will be called. I want you to hear this. He's got everything you need. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And then what does it say? Read it with me. Prince of peace. You know what the word prince here means? It's the word Tsar. You know what Tsar means? Lord. He's the Lord of peace the captain of peace the controller of peace you know what's interesting pastor emmanuel 38 times in the bible do you see the word savior 38 times now don't get me wrong we need a savior and his name is jesus but listen to me not only do we need a savior we need a lord see everybody wants a savior nobody wants a lord 7,800 times do you see the word sar or Lord in the Bible? You know what you need right now? You need to give, make him Lord of it all. And when you make him Lord, guess what he becomes? He becomes the Lord of peace. He becomes wonderful counselor. He becomes everything you need. He becomes it all, the government. You don't worry about everything. You want to know why the world's kicking and screaming the way it is? Because they want to place other people as lords instead of God as the Lord of their life. We need Jesus to be our Savior, but we need him to be our Lord. We need him to be our everything. 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 We need Jesus. We need his word. We need his truth. When we make him Lord, guess what he brings? Peace. When we make him Lord, guess what he brings? Rest. When we make him Lord, guess what he brings? Wisdom. When we make him Lord, guess what he brings? He brings refocusing and reprioritizing. He begins he, we begin to rest in the Lord. We need to learn to find rest in Jesus. The Bible says what? Be still. In a world that does not know how to be still, it says be still and know I'm God. Quit finagling, quit scratching, quit grinding, quit trying to make a way, quit boasting, quit boosting, quit sponsoring, whatever it is. Be still and know that he's God. We can cast it all, every weight, every care, every concern, everything, when we put it all, when we make him Lord we find peace. Matthew 11, 28 and 30. Come to me. I want you to hear this. This is Jesus talking right now. Come. Come to me. I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to come up right now. Worship team, come fully out. Come to me. I want you to hear Jesus talking. All you who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all you that are worn out. And what does it say? And I will give you rest. look what it says. Take my yoke upon you. Quit living double-fisted, full lives. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm a gentle and loving in heart. And you will finally find rest for your souls. Let me tell you, we all, some of us are living dependent on some things, but they're the wrong things today we need to change that dependent that lordship to Jesus we need to live dependent on Jesus you want to know you want to know what it is really means to be a follower of Jesus one word rest peace all of hell could be breaking loose peace the rest of God come on just close your eyes right where you're at Holy Spirit, I just pray your peace. I just see some things being unpackaged, some burdens being lifted. If you, you want to worship, worship. You want to cry, cry. I just feel released. God's here in the room to change the future, the trajectory, to bring some release to you. I just hear the Lord saying, come to me and I'm going to give you rest. Listen to me. I believe the Lord brought you here not to see some cool illustrations and just some cool slides. Did you like that slide? I made that. I just want to say I made the circle with the arrows. Not to see that. Not to see cool props and hear an amazing message. I believe the Lord brought you here today to have a moment with Him. I believe this moment, this day, this October can really change every other moment if you just lay it all at Jesus' feet. And I believe there's some of us that are good at laying it at Jesus' feet, but when we think he's not looking, we take it all back again. And today's the day to lay it all at his feet. Right where you're at, will you stand up? I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this moment. Lord, I believe you desire that every person here Believer or not, will experience supernatural uh, rest. I just hear you saying that this is a critical moment. I hear you saying the handwriting is on the wall. I believe you want to remove even the spirit of darkness. It's going to be broken off of lives today. Today, Father, we receive your peace. You receive Jesus' rest. And we declare today, we know you're in control. We know you're with us. We know you're for us. We know you love you. Father, and even in the middle of the chaos and craziness and drama and circumstances of my life, the storm of my life, Father, I just ask that you bring rest. Speak peace into every life. Stress go out of every heart and mindset. I just believe he wants to give you his beloved rest. I just hear the Lord saying there's some anxiety pills that are going to be thrown away. There's some panic attacks that are going to stop. There's some grinding of teeth that's going to stop. Even some, uh, what are these CPAP machines, uh, sleep apnea where you're having trouble breathing all night. Even all that's going to go. Depression's going to go. Nightmare's going to go. I just hear the Lord. Peace that your house will be a house of peace. But listen to me, the most important step, and this is whether you're a believer or not, because I believe there's some believers here, you're saved, but you haven't made him Lord of it all. And there's some people here that aren't saved yet, and you need to be, and then you need to make him Lord of it all. So that's you. I'm praying for believers and non-believers. And you say, you know what? I haven't made him Lord of it all. And you know, I'm talking to you. I want you to know this spoke to me. I talked to you about a Sabbath. My wife talks about that all the time. Obviously, Sunday's not my Sabbath. And and I'll be frank, I can't always have every Monday. I try to. Every other Monday. And we're working hard at that. We see some things out of alignment in our lives. That's why I'm taking my wife, my wife, my girls today, my girlfriend and my daughter to see dead people's stuff today. Because I believe there's some things we need to bury the hatchet on today in Jesus' name. We need to leave the stench of the dead at the altar. <laughs> bury that thing. If I bury anything, Pastor Don, I not bury it in my yard. Bury that thing. So I'm going to pray for all those mm. believers or not. One, that Jesus be your Savior. And two, that you make Him Lord of it all. And I know, even when I say that, there's some fear. There's some stuff you've been controlling long enough. Time to let it go. Actually, while I'm saying that, ask some people, say, what, can I, I'll go with you. I'll walk up there with you. I got some things I need to let go. Let's let go of them together. So after I pray, we're going to sing a song. Altars are open. We're going to pray for you. Look what we even did. We put these cute little oil vials. So not only will we anoint you, but you'll be able to take it home and anoint all those things. And your house, anoint yourself. But I believe, God's. I believe there's some physical ailments going to be healed today. Because you're making Lord of that area of your life. And you've heard me saying this. And you asked Pastor Melinda. She's been on me. I've been using my fitness pal. I've been saying, Lord... I've never prayed about this before. I started this since the Entrusted series. Lord, I need your help in what I put in my mouth. Somebody who loves me a lot put on my kitchen in my office there, my little counter, this amazing box of crumble cookies. And I almost said, get behind me, Satan, but I didn't. I said, you know, that was the Lord saying, you've done good all week, Pastor Javier. You could one little, just one, 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 one cheat moment today and back to it after that. But I've been saying, Holy Spirit, what fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. For me, it's that. For you, it might be, you know, you got to, is there still QVC or Amazon, Netflix? We we make you Lord of it all. You want to know why there's drama in your life? You haven't made him Lord of it all. So, Father, let's pray. Come on. There's some people need to respond today. You need to literally lay it at the altar. Lord, today we make you Savior of our lives. We repent for our sins. We turn from our way of living, Lord. And we say, we need you, Jesus. Lord, we we give our lives to you, Father God. And Lord, today, every single one of you, us here, we say we need you to be Lord of every area of our lives, our time, our work, our our money, our finances, our, Father God, our relationship, our work. Lord, we need you. We need you to be Lord of it all. We want to know the Prince of Peace. We want to know what it is to have you as our wonderful counselor, our leader, our director. Father, today we lay it all. We we make this more than a church service, a message. Father, I believe this is a divine moment that's going to change the trajectory and even the future, the eternity, and the longevity of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Altars are open. Let's worship Jesus.
0: Pastor Javier Ramos, the Senior Pastor of Shiloh Christian Fellowship in Oakland. Information available online at shilohonline.com.
1: This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website, to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week.